0: Whenever I want to do what's right, I face resistance. Every time I try to do what is right, what I'm supposed to do, I face resistance. And I'm not talking about doing something good because something can be good and not right. I'm talking about doing something I believe to be productive, something I believe to be pleasing to God. Often, when I make an arrangement to spend some quality time with my family, something work related or or, or other, not family matters, will just arise. And they will feel urgent. Sometimes, most most of the time, when I plan to pray, I don't know the case for you, something will always try to stop my plan. I feel sometimes sleepy, tired, or struggle to focus. Most of the times when I plan to save money for something significant, other issues requiring finances will arise. So every time I try to do something right, something will come against it. So I concluded that any task that is indeed right is always accomplished in the face of resistance. Every task that is indeed right... It is accomplished in the face of resistance. A right task is any activity that makes your life relevant in the eyes of God, and the eyes of people. Relevant in the eyes of God. It's supposed to be done. It is the action that moves you towards your purpose. It is what you are supposed to be doing, what you were born to do. Any purposeful work is always accomplished in the face of resistance. Whenever you commit to living on purpose, doing what's right, following God's calling for your life, expect resistance. And I repeat, expect resistance. That's why we titled today's message, Predictable Resistance, because you should expect it. It's predictable. You know when you want to do what's right. Resistance will come. Your purpose is not handed over to you. Your purpose is something you fight for. It's not a gift you receive on birthday or on Christmas. Your purpose is something you fight for until it's accomplished. The world could have been a paradise if everyone was living a purposeful life. Just imagine, just imagine a world where everybody is doing what they were born to be doing. Just imagine that world. Let's imagine a place where everybody does the right thing. Everybody is where they were supposed to be doing the things they were born to be doing. Imagine that world. Imagine if that's Ganada, where everyone in Ganada is at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. That's paradise. But that's the plan of God. God wants that we live on purpose. That everybody will be doing what they were born to be doing. That's what God wants. God wants his kingdom to be established on earth. But his enemy, the wicked one, he wants to frustrate the the plan of God. To build his own kingdom of chaos and confusion. There is conflict on earth. There is jealousy because people want to become like someone else. From the very beginning, God's plan was to cooperate with humanity. To establish his kingdom on earth. But the enemy's mission has always been to frustrate God's plan and build his own kingdom. So we have God's plan which is everybody should live on purpose, but we have the enemy's plan, which is to deviate people from their purpose, so to create chaos on earth. And look at the result. So that's why whenever you commit yourself to do what's right, the enemy will attack you. Why? Because he's attacking the plans of God. Predictable resistance. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. Tactics of the devil. He uses tactics. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Don't get scared. They've been there before you knew it. They will always be there. There are dark forces that oppose The will of God on earth. It's good to know that. So why am I saying that? Because you need to know every time you try to do what's right. There are forces that are opposing what you are trying to do. It's good to know it. It's not about you. It's about your purpose. The resistance may come in different forms. But the source is the same. One of the things he uses is mind game. He plays with your mind or he uses people around you. He uses even close people, people you trust. The enemy uses them to frustrate God's purpose on your life. When you commit to pursuing your purpose, you must know that you are going against the enemy. It would help you not to blame the people being used against you it will be best if you did not blame the circumstances remember that there is a mind behind the system and as much as possible deal directly with the enemy there are many stories of pursuit of purpose in the bible but today we will focus on nehemiah let's look at nehemiah i love nehemiah because he's an average person he's an average person he was not a king he was not a prophet he was not a priest. He was just a normal guy like you and I. No, maybe I'm a priest. <laughs> he did not receive any dramatic angelic visitation. Nehemiah. Everything about Nehemiah seems natural and relatable. Everything about him. But he accomplished his divine purpose despite great resistance. That's why he chose Nehemiah. I want to choose someone that we won't say, ah, look at him. But God appeared to him, but an angel helped him. No, everything about Nehemiah is natural. You can see how he accomplished it. There is no divine, dramatic intervention in the life of Nehemiah. It doesn't mean God was not there. It simply means it was relatable. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3, they said to me, Those who survived the exile are back in the province and in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3. He received the news about Jerusalem's ruin. And it became a burden to him to go and rebuild it. His vision, his purpose was to go and rally his people to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Maybe you have a burden. You, there is something you want to achieve in your heart. You feel like God has called you to do something. That is the beginning. You have a purpose. Nehemiah two seventeen to 19 then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace." I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king has, had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sanballat, the honorite, Tobiah, the Harmonite you know, there's no right or wrong way to say these names. Okay. <laughs> Geshem, the Arab, heard, it, heard, heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I said that because when I was studying uh, Hebrew, I was asking, how did you know that how they were pronouncing it those days? Tobiah or Tobiah. When Nehemiah committed to rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, his enemies emerged. Follow this story. They were not his enemies when he was working in the king's palace. They were not his enemies the day before he started rebuilding the wall. They became his enemies when he decided to pursue his purpose. In reality, Sembalat. Tobiah uh, and Geshem were not Nehemiah's enemies. They were the enemies of his purpose. They were the enemies of the mission God gave to him. When you decide to pursue your purpose, the enemy realizes how dangerous you become to him. Whenever you follow your purpose, you build God's kingdom. And consequently, you work against the kingdom of the enemy. Just automatically. The enemy is not after your car. He doesn't drive. Satan is not after your job. He doesn't need money. Satan is not after your house. He doesn't need a shelter. The enemy attacks you and your life because he's after your purpose, as long as you don't fulfill your purpose, is happy. Get as many things as you want, do whatever you want, as long as you are not aligned with your purpose. Paul was a great friend of the religious system until he started to pursue his purpose. Joseph was okay until he decided to share his dreams. Nehemiah was fine until he started to rebuild the wall. Whenever you decide to pursue your purpose, expect resistance. So these are some of the enemy's tactics. The first one he uses is a mind game. Mind game tactics. The first enemy's tactic, tactic in Nehemiah's story was a mind game. Let's read this. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? What is he trying to do? The purpose of mocking and ridiculing was to discourage Nehemiah so that he could stop. When you commit to pursuing your purpose, the devil will start attacking attacking your concept, just the idea. Your idea. The concept. He will start attacking you. He will try to discourage you, causing doubt in you. Fear in you. Intimidation in you. You can't fulfill this? Oh, you are too small. You don't have money. You don't have the, t- the talent to do this. Look at other people. Look at how skillful they are. Look at how they speak uh, in front of people. I, you can't speak in front of people. How can you achieve that? Look at how organized. You don't have a degree. How And the enemy will give you all these excuses that you can't fulfill something. Why he's attacking the concept? Mind, mind game. The enemy will attack you, giving you guilt. You can't serve God. You can't be a good father. Look at what has happened in your life. Look at what you did when you were still a kid. Look at what you did to other people. You can't be a good husband. Look at how many women you have disappointed. You can't be a good wife. Look at how many men you have disappointed. You can't be a good wife. Look at you. That's exactly what the enemy does. He gives you excuses and reasons why not to do what God has called you to do or what God has called you to become. He gives you guilt, low self-esteem. Where is the battle happening in the mind? He started the same thing with Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to choose between listening to his enemies or listening to the voice of God is in his heart. Have you been mocked? Have they given you a name or a derogatory title? They have given me a name. That is the work of the enemy. He wants to dissuade you from doing what God has asked you to do. He wants to prevent you from being what God wants you to be. Have you been despised? Have you been left out of things that rightly concern you? You know you are better at it, but they leave you out. Have you you been treated as if you were a nobody? Have people who would otherwise not be able to stand before you and speak now can insult you and treat you just as they like. That is part of the activity of the enemy. Then the enemy accused. Are you rebelling against the king? Nehemiah got the permission to build from the king. He was building, he was working in the king's palace. And here he is. Being accused of rebelling against the king. Why? He's doing what he's called to do. Mind game. Jesus was accused. Paul was accused. The apostles were accused. And everyone who pursues their purpose will somehow be accused. You will also be accused whenever you decide to pursue your purpose. Do not give up because of accusations. They are part of the enemy's tactics to discourage you. Second attack, second strategy, physical tactics. Physical attack tactics. Nehemiah 4, 7 to 8. When Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdod died, heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and that the gaps were being closed, they became furious. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. Your enemies become friends among themselves, uniting against what? Your purpose. People who were not talking to each other will start talking to each other simply because you have started a business. Simply because you are about to get married, simply because you are stepping up to do what God has called you to do, people who were not friends before will unite to talk about you. It's normal. It happened to Nehemiah. It will happen to you. We have seen how the enemy tried to stop the work through his word. The enemy was speaking. He failed. The enemy became very angry and made plans to attack now physically. There is nothing that stirs the enemies to jealousy like progress and success. When you progress in your purpose, you are also making progress against the enemy. Every time you progress into what you are supposed to do, you are also progressing against what he wants to be done. He would like your life to be a failure and a waste. The enemy would like your life to make no sense, to have no meaning. That's why he attacks you. They say that you mean something to the enemy when you are a problem to him. So if you are being attacked, you are a problem to the enemy. You have gone far enough with God that you have gone far enough against the enemy. At the age of two, Herod decided to kill all 2 years old boys. Why? Was he against boys? No, he was looking for one boy, Jesus. Why? The purpose upon Jesus was his problem. Because he heard that that boy will become a king. He wanted to destroy the purpose, not the boy. If the boy will grow up to become nothing, who cares? But if the boy will grow up to become a king, then he's a problem to me. Because I am the current king and I want my son to inherit, not that boy. He wanted to kill the purpose, not the boy. The enemy is not after you. It's after your purpose. It's after your purpose. Otherwise, you're just a number. If you will live life just like a number, he doesn't care. But if you live as a unique individual who is fulfilling his purpose, he cares. Because you are trouble to his plans. The attacks you are facing are not after you. They are after your purpose. So do not give up. Fight back. So I will give you three ways to fight back before we finish. The first thing is keep your heart to God. That's the first that the first a weapon you can use fighting against the enemy. Verse 9 of chapter 4. So we prayed to our God and stationed a guard because of them day and night. The first thing they did was what? Prayed to God. They prayed to God. That was the first thing they did. He understood that the battle was not only in the mental or physical the battle was also spiritual. That's why his first response was spiritual. He prayed first. Prayer to God must be our first response to the fight for our purpose. Why? The enemy is not physical. It's not your grammar, It's not your in-laws. It's not your boss. It's not the bully guy or girl at work. It's not the bully girl at school. Your enemy is not your bully. It's not the person who is gossiping about you. The enemy is behind the system. It is Satan. He's spiritual. You can't always see him. The enemy is spiritual. First response, pray to God. It is not enough to know God. It is absolutely necessary to know the enemy. It is necessary to know the enemy. We do not only have the kingdom of God to build, we also have the kingdom of the devil to pull down. We do not only have our purpose to pursue, we also have the enemy's plan to counter. Pray to God. I will read a statement by Ziti Formon. The reason for this is obvious. Jesus carried out the offensive warfare on the cross, and registered a, a far-reaching victory over the powers of darkness. That victory can never be repeated. The enemy has been given a knockout. The kingdom has been taken over by the Lord, and it is his. The enemy, however, although defeated and ousted, wants to stage a comeback. Is carrying out illegal claims on a territory on which he has no legal rights the believer is called to defend that which belongs to the lord and to build the kingdom of the lord satan does not have victory over you no we are not fighting from from fear we are fighting from victory from from strength but he's trying to come back he's trying to show that he's still there he's been defeated he's been defeated. Nehemiah said in chapter 4 verse 20, our God will fight for us. He believed. The first way to go, the first place to go is to God because God will fight for us. And Jesus has won the victory for your purpose. Keep your eyes to Jesus, the Victor, because the fight is not ours. The fight is his and he has won. The victory on the cross keep your heart to God we are not fighting against flesh and blood our battle is first spiritual and prayer must be our first response but Nehemiah did not only pray he also strategized and kept his mind to the the purpose so the second weapon i will give to you is keep your head to the purpose your heart to God your head to the purpose Because he said, so we prayed to our God and stationed a God because of them day and night. So he did both. He prayed and did something. Stayed focused. 12 to 13. When the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us, time and again, everywhere you turn, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall and the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their sword. Spears and bows. He chose the weakest angles and that's where he placed God. Why? Stayed focused, strategized. The enemy was organized, so was Nehemiah. Nehemiah did not say, Oh, I will sit here waiting to do nothing because the Lord is fighting for us. You pray, go to work. You pray, study hard. You pray, do something about your marriage, about your business, about do something about it. The third weapon I'm going to suggest to you is keep your hand to the task. Keep your heart to God. Keep your head to the purpose, your mind to the purpose. Keep your hand to the task. From that day on, half of the men did the work while the other half held held. Spears, shields, bows, and armor. The laborers who carried the Lord worked with one hand and held the weapon with another. Wow! Each of the builders had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building and the trumpeter was beside me. The work continued despite the environment. The conditions were not good. The work Became more and more challenging because of the double tasks of protecting the people and rebuilding. But they did not stop. They did not stop. It did not matter how they felt about their purpose. Nehemiah and his team just pressed on. They put all of themselves into it. There comes a time where we must labor and press on with what God has called us to do. If you want to fulfill your purpose that God has called you to achieve, there will be resistance and it will not always feel good. A marriage that feels good, a church that feels good, and I'm not saying it's bad to feel good, I'm saying what's right is not always good. Find what is right, not what is good. Even when it did not feel good, they kept fighting and rebuilding. One arm protecting, one arm building. Can you do that for your family? Can you do that for your health? Can you do that for your your business? Can you do that for the church? One arm protecting, one arm rebuilding. The circumstances may not be working for us. They may be working against us. But we must keep our hands to the task. Victory is always won at a great price. There must be great sacrifices so that the vision that God has given you may be accomplished. Nehemiah demanded sacrifice not only from his servant, but each man and his servant and each family, each person must sacrifice. For the vision of God for the church to be fulfilled, it requires the sacrifice of many. And I thank God for those who are sacrificing. It's the sacrifice of many that build the church not the talent of a few the church is not built on the talent of the few, it's built on the sacrifice of many for the vision of God for your family to be fulfilled husband and wife it will require sacrifice for the vision of God for your health to be fulfilled it will require sacrifice, you don't need me to tell you this, keep doing it keep running keep running For the vision of your finances to be fulfilled, it will require sacrifice. It will require sometimes saying no to the things you like. For the vision of God for your academic or professional life to be fulfilled, it will require sacrifice. Fighting for your purpose requires sacrifice. So three things to do. Keep your heart to God. Keep your head on the purpose and keep your hands to the task.